Hello, everyone. You are listening to In the Weeds with Monica Jean, an agriculture podcast. Welcome back again to In the Weeds with uh, Monica Jean, field crops educator based out of the Saginaw Bay region. And today we are talking about 2020 growing season uh, wheat concerns. We had such an interesting 2019 year. We thought it was noteworthy to maybe cover some weed considerations for this upcoming season. I have two guests with your with me here today, Erin Burns and Christy Sprague. Can you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Sure. Hi, my name is Erin Burns. I'm a weed scientist at Michigan State, and I focus on corn, forages, and potatoes. Hello, it's uh, Christy Sprague. I'm the other weed scientist, so Erin and I have shared responsibilities, and I help cover some of the other crops, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to you today about some of the things you uh, should be considering moving into 2020. Yeah, so to kick it off, 2019 was crap. How should we be cleaning up our fields for this next season? Since, I mean, I saw a lot of a lot of nasty weeds out there that I'm going to assume were resistant since I saw a lot of mare's tail. Let's talk about what some of those weeds are that we're going to actually encounter this next year. So obviously everybody knows that... Uh, mare's tail or horseweed was probably the most abundant that we've ever seen it in Michigan, especially in a lot of those prevent plant acres that were out there. I think um, as you drove around the state, any field that wasn't planted, there was mare's tail in. A lot of that stuff went to seed, so we're going to be thinking that that's going to be a huge problem this next year. Um, I know another weed that um, is really rapidly expanding is water hemp, and we're seeing that show up in many parts of the state. Um, you know, that late, later emergence that we have, um, it does produce a lot of seeds. So it is really going to probably uh, ramp up again this year. So those are two big ones that I think um, we need to deal with. Um, Aaron, uh, you know, you were down in southwest Michigan quite a bit this year. How's the Palmer amaranth front looking? And I would say um, there are some Palmer amaranth populations that are definitely prevalent in the southern two-ish territory of of Michigan, but I think in general, a lot of people have done a good job at, at trying to control some of those initial populations. So, but given the, the areas that we did have that and some of the later fall operations, there are some expected new, you know, populations that might expand. As we start thinking about going into the spring, uh, a few things that I'm really wanting people to think about is, particularly with the mare's tail, because I know we had some fall emergence, but we do see a lot of early spring emergence and it continues throughout the season. So we really need to be conscious of um, making sure that we're getting good control before we plant, regardless of the crop. And, you know, if you're doing some sort of reduced tillage, a herbicide's probably going to need to be involved in helping manage particularly the mare's tail, because that's going to be a huge issue. We've got several recommendations out there on how to do that and what are some of our better herbicide strategies. And a lot of that information is on a fact sheet that we've put together that can be found in the back of the weed control guide. It's also on our website, msuweeds.com. And it really outlines some of the different strategies we can do to help kind of clean up that mare's tail before planting. Tillage is always another good way to 
kind of start off good. But the biggest thing is we do want to start off with a, a good weed-free seed bed when we start. And I know if we end up with the type of year that we had last year where things were delayed, a lot of times people are not necessarily thinking about weed control. They're just thinking about trying to get that crop in the ground. But it's really going to be important to be on the, the front side of uh, managing weeds. And from my standpoint, a lot of that's gonna also involve the use of pre-emergence or soil applied uh, herbicides in particular in that soybean crop. And that's whether you're trying to control mare's tail, water hemp, palmer amaranth, or several other weed species. And we've got some pretty good recommendations on that. And I think with corn, Erin, uh, what's your thoughts? I mean, overall in corn, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to control some of those harder to control weeds in soybeans. So there's a lot of different sites of action within corn that don't overlap with our, our soybean rotation and just ensuring that if you did have some of those more weedier fields or fields where you had escapes in 2019, that you do a planned gram in those fields and don't just rely on a a single pass or an early post program, which sometimes uh, might be performed in corn for uh, various reasons, really taking a more aggressive two-pass approach to ensure that we have those residuals down and control those weeds until we get that competitive corn canopy. All right, so it sounds like you guys have covered what mare's tail control would look like in corn, and then Christy, you had mentioned some stuff for soybeans. Um, is there any other crop rotations with mare's tail control you guys would want to mention? I think one of the things you might want to kind of think about is uh, mare's tail is universally becoming a problem in most of our crops. Mm -hmm. um, and when we start thinking about, you know, obviously soybeans and corn, there's some good residuals out or pretty much we do have to rely on some of those residuals. Some of the other crops that I do quite a bit of work on, for example, winter wheat, didn't necessarily get the best wheat planting year. So we might have some of those thinner stands out there this year, which kind of leaves some more openings for mare's tail to come in. From that standpoint, some of our better control strategies include herbicides like husky. There are a few other herbicides out there that'll give us some good control, but um, husky probably by far is one of our top performers for uh, mare's tail control in wheat. So that, that might be one to consider, or there's a couple others, for example, Telenor and even Culex, a few other ones. Kind of keep that in mind, especially on some of those uh, lighter populations or thinner stands. Probably crop that I would mention particularly is sugar beets. With beets, uh, we get those in usually pretty early, and we're, again, continuing to see a lot of later season mare's tail emergence. And we're pretty much right now limited to applications of Stinger in with our glyphosate. And we've got some recommendations on that. And a lot of it is really based on getting that application out there when the mare's tail is starting to come up. Usually we recommend two applications, uh, either two ounces of Stinger with that uh, first glyphosate application, followed by four ounces or three followed by three have typically been our our best bets for trying to control mare's tail and beets. So just kind of keep those things in mind. Um, other things to think about is, you know, rotation restrictions and stuff, especially if we're getting later in the season. So especially if we're rotating to either something like dry beans or soybeans. So there are a few uh, rotation restrictions we need to consider. So keep those things in mind. Dry beans, generally, we're, we're okay because we're getting some tillage in there before we're planting. But uh, mare's tail is going to be a big problem this next year, so 
have a plan in place. Agreed. And as the other crops I work with on the, on the forage side, a lot of, you know, the alfalfa and things like that that are, are perennial crops, um, making sure that your, you know, your cutting and harvest schedule is timely so you're ensuring that you're getting, you know, removing any biomass that you could from those weeds and that puts a, a pretty good, um, slows them down quite a bit. And then also in, in potatoes, we haven't seen as much mare's tail yet. Um, there is some pretty aggressive tillage practices that are associated with potato production that start things clean in the beginning and then um, potentially later in the season once those vines die back. But that would be something we definitely want to observe this upcoming year with the, the new seed banks that we have to work with. We can kind of do the same thing and work through for water hemp then. Do you have any specific recommendations within those crops that you guys cover? So water hemp and wheat is usually not much of an issue because of water hemp coming up later in the season. So usually wheat gets established, it has a good competitive advantage over water hemp, so not much of an issue. On the flip side of that though, after harvest, we want to make sure that we are keeping those fields clean. So if there's any water hemp emergence after the wheat is harvested, try to make sure that you get those burnt down. It can be a challenge in uh, sugar beets. We've tried to do some work and right now, our best option is to try to do some overlapping residuals with things like dual outlook or warrant and trying to get those in with our glyphosate applications. It's gonna be important to try to get those in on the earlier side before that water hemp starts to emerge. So in some cases that might be that first glyphosate timing. Um, you know, we're planting pretty early, pr planting beets pretty early. So just again, trying to get that out before the water hemp comes up, which we generally see towards the third or fourth week of May in Michigan. So um, if we can get some residuals out there before that, that would be helpful. Erin, do you have any water hemp recommendations for your crops? I agree. I mean, to stress the overlapping residuals principle that Christy brought up is pretty essential to, to have that barrier throughout the season. And then just keeping in mind the use of effective sites of action. So if you do have herbicide resistant populations in your field, ensuring that you have at least two sites of action that are still effective at controlling those populations. If you have glyphosate resistance, obviously glyphosate would no longer be an effective site of action. So even if you're applying two sites of action pre-emergence, but one of them is no longer effective, that, that doesn't really help out in the long run to delay herbicide resistance. So just um, keeping in mind the, the spectrum of herbicide resistance in your field you have for either Palmer or water hemp, and then designing your, your program along that to ensure that you're having those, those sites of action and group numbers that are still effective against those populations. All right, so the next uh, question I just wanted to ask, uh, it's actually for Christy, it's about GT beans. What, do you have specific recommendations for those farms using GT beans? So um, many of our new herbicide platforms, a lot of them have the option of either using, uh, of using both glyphosate and glufosinate or Liberty, or there's a lot of um, different products out there now that are glufosinate based. And whether that glyphosate, glufosinate taint mixture is a good idea or not, there are 
a lot of studies that have been done looking at those mixtures, and in some cases you can see some antagonisms. Uh, that antagonism generally would happen on some of the harder to control species like gla uh, grasses and so forth. You know, in general, most of the time we're, we're okay tank mixing the two. You might see a slight reduction, but a lot of it depends on what the species is. Species is. So we're, we're doing quite a bit of work looking at this. Um, it's always best to try to separate some of those things, but you can tank mix the two. And taller weeds, you might see some antagonism. Some of the harder to control weeds, you might see some antagonism. But in general, the main reason that we're tank mixing these two is for resistant weed species. And you're going to probably get the control that you would expect to get with just plain uh, glufosinates or, or Liberty. So, you know, it can be done certain cases. Perennials is one where we do see some antagonism, particularly things like Canada thistle, because basically what happens is that that glufosinate or Liberty doesn't allow that glyphosate to trans, uh, translocate entirely through that plant. So uh, keep those things in mind, but in general, um, a lot of it depends on the species and what you're trying to accomplish. Our meteorology folks are saying that this will be another wet spring. When thinking about if we can continue to be at really high soil moisture and they're having issues planting again and, you know, all of all of the problems that go along with that, what's what should farmers be thinking about, like, as a backup plan to weed control, how to combat weeds if we have another really wet spring? Yeah, so, for example, you know, again, uh, trying to get those fields cleaned up before we plant is really important, but you know, we've got a lot of these new soybean traits. We've got a lot of people that are use, using the Roundup Ready to extend soybeans so they can they can use a dicamba formulation for weed control by putting dicamba in that burn down and, you know, planting the extend soybeans. There isn't that rotation restriction where you have to wait before planting or, you know, you could plant and spray immediately after. Um, again, we do like to see you plant into a weed-free area. Um, the other options, enlist soybeans. So that gives us the option of using 2,4-D. So we don't need that plant back of the seven days that we generally have with 2,4-D ester. Um, so we could use the enlist one or enlist dual, which is the uh, choline salt of 2,4-D uh, that can be used with the enlist soybean system. So again, we can plant and spray those products to get that 2,4-D out there. And in some cases, we get the option of putting some higher rates of 2,4-D on that might help with uh, taller weeds or bigger weeds that might happen. So with those those situations, that helps. When we start thinking about mare's tail control, remember we've got probably a majority of the mare's tail we have is resistant to Roundup or glyphosate, and a lot of it's resistant to those ALS inhibitors. So a lot of these newer soybean traits are really important to try to make sure that we can manage this, particularly in a no-till situation. So keep that in mind. And also, again, remember those residual herbicides are out there to help. So they, they get you started clean. Well, if you guys just one more time could give a spiel about where all where all those resources were, because um, I know you have stuff on your website, and then you also have the guide. Is that guide still available to be purchased? Uh, I think we are pretty much out. Okay. So it is on the website, though. Okay. So, yeah. so they, they can get on, and um, yep. I think it's a bunch of links, right? And that will take you to whatever table... Yeah, so basically you, you can go to the weed control guide and then it's broken up into sections so it's easier to access. So, okay. yeah. And, and you can print them off. It's just the weed control 
guide is so big that sometimes printing off just one or two of the sections may be all you really need to do or right. or um, you can bring them up on your iPad or whatever too and look at them later as a saved document. So, yep. all right. Sure. Well, thanks both of you for getting on today and recording this podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I Real quick, want to let the listeners know that we did have to record on Zoom due to the virus. We were unable to meet in person, so I'm sorry if there were some weird glitches and noises there, but I really appreciate you guys being able to get on and making it work during this time, and uh, thanks again. Thank Thank you, you, Monica. This podcast has been brought to you by the MSU Extension Field Crops Team. For more podcasts or information, please visit us at canr.msu.edu backslash field underscore crops. Thanks for listening.